up, world? This is Weekly Wallet Wagers. We are back this week after two episodes this past week. If y'all are rejoining us, we appreciate you guys um, following up on our uh, Nancy Pelosi update, thanks to Griffin, that we released this week, as well as our tidbit on uh, Elon Musk and Jordan Belfort and what those crazy guys are doing in the world. Uh, one thing, um, actually, we haven't even done introductions yet. I was about to start talking about that, John, and I realized, hey, we have the banker here. All the way from Denver, Colorado, uh, and I see you're repping your Carolina Rabbit Company today. John, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we're repping the t-shirt. Some of the merch, Carolina Rabbit Company. Merch. I like it. Well, thank you for being here. And guys, we've got Griffin Goodman from Accomplished Incorporated back with us over on the other side of the screen. What's up, Griffin? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, so real quick, guys, um, one thing I wanted to uh, talk, I know we just mentioned kind of what we talked about this past week on the show. Uh, we got ahead of ourselves a little bit in one category. Um, John, Jordan Belfort, I know that I said that he resides in Australia, right? And I don't think yeah. that is actually right. Yeah, I'm not really finding anything on him living in Australia. I only see really the Bronx and then as of right now, California, uh, like Los Angeles is where he's at, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I see that there was a scandal in Australia regarding a, a training company for employees that was supposed to go for the government, or work, it was supposed to be for the government, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see anything other than that, so. Well, if he's keeping his nose clean and if he's staying out of trouble, then maybe that's good. Is he paying any restitution out to his victims or is he just chilling out in LA being himself? Yeah, well, according to Wikipedia, the man pays out $10,000 a month right now, so, um, which is 120000 a year, which is a lot. But yeah. he's earned. He's paying that out in fines and fees. That's probably nothing for him. Yeah, but he, um, yeah, I mean, it was like 2013, he paid out $10 million of the, like, 110 he was supposed to pay out. Um, yeah, because um, so um, again, we may have some new viewers on this first episode. Jordan Belfort, John, who is he and what made him famous? Oh, he was the wolf on Wall Street. He was a uh, stockbroker back Yo, in it's the Wall Street. And uh, he would basically make money off of people through pump and dumps. Um, he'd call a bunch of people, he'd have his firm call a bunch of people, put all their money into the stock, raise the value, and then pull out. He was one of the few that got caught. There's still plenty of big hedge fund managers and money people that do that every day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how long, I mean, they got away with it for, like, this was years. Yeah. You know, like, they, they were doing this for years. And uh, they, you know, with how much, I want to say in the movie, they had such a lack of paperwork and documentation. And then, it you know. Felt back in the day, too, when you were doing things back in the 80s back when the market was just a whole lot more wild in the wild wild west and there was less technology and electronic you know for record keeping and all that and so i'm sure it was a very different world than like what where we play in now griffin with stocks oh so. yeah for sure um i i know just recently uh even uh even over the counter uh stocks just got a bunch of regulation because uh you know they were just pumping these random stocks and you know not knowing the consequences of what it would do Form. So I, I know uh, about uh, November they put in some new regulation. Okay, and what what was that regulation? And, and is, that, is that something that affects us, or is this just uh, you know the big big managers that actually had the ability to short out stocks based on their positions in the market? 
Um, it was just to make sure that um, these certain stocks were supposed to be on this over the counter and to make sure that they were following the same regulations that um, most, uh, you know, I guess stocks on the regular exchanges are supposed to follow. Sure. Well, you, usually those rules and laws are made as a reactive solution, not a not a proactive solution, meaning it happens first before things happen. So, um, well, very good. Thank you, guys. Um, well, now that we've uh, we've covered our basis from uh, where we misspoke last week, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, and glad glad you're here on screen with us, Griffin. Um, it was a uh, it was one of these financial websites, and they were talking about cryptocurrency. And how it, you know, I know that we talked a little last week about how it's had a bad December. Um, we did not finish the in the year well, uh, or at nearly as well as we had been in the last two quarters of the year. Now, a lot of experts still predict that cryptocurrency can rise, but of course, everything that I've read, you know, experts always say that they are basing, you know, their assessment off of their knowledge and off of the fundamentals of how things work in the world and how our market's supposed to work. Now, we've also listened to experts the last 10 years tell us what the market's going to do. And the market hasn't gone down into a recession, like they said, and that, you know, cryptocurrency has gone way up, you know, regardless of experts saying that it, you know, it's not tied to anything, and, you know, there's no logic to it and all this. And, and so, you know, at some, at some point, I, I almost laugh when, you know, experts validate their credentials and say that the market is supposed to do something based off of some logic or reason that's always been that way. And because they're constantly being proven wrong with that. However, this article that I read, Griffin, said that because of these volatilities that, you know, you should not have any more than five to 10 percent of your portfolio invested into cryptocurrency because it's unstable. And they said that the only time that you should go above that number is if you already have your retirement goals set. So, you know, let's say if you already have a huge nest egg set for retirement and you're good and you have extra money to invest, well, then maybe you can afford to play with crypto. But people, um, e even people, you know, John and Griffin, if we're speaking to people just of our generation, you know, millennials, you know, people that are still in what we call the accumulation phase, um, you know, where, there's, where they're going out to work and they're going to accumulate more so they can get to a point where they don't have to work. Um, then it's not safe for people like us to be going over 10% in investing in cryptocurrency. So if that principle is actually sound, because I, I know Griffin, you're the expert with stocks and investing, and John, you are the voice of reason and uh, conservatism here of, of you know helping us make safe plays. Um, I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, yeah, hey, hey, let's all throw in $500 into Ethereum real quick. And Griffin and I would be like, yeah, let's do it. And John would be like, uh, well, we need to assess some things and make sure the investment's oh, right. You know, how long <laughs> would it get our money back, you know? Yeah, have but you guys read the white those, papers? Ethereum's going to hit like four grand. I mean, or at least I think so. Man. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, I, I, I divert. But my point with that, Griffin, is um, so if we were to follow these principles to minimize risk, what are some, um, I know Accomplished Incorporated does some, what you call these weekly call-outs where you, where you bring the stocks of the week out to say, hey, these are good, these are bad, these are when you should buy, and these are when you should sell. Can we talk about that for a minute as some alternative solutions to cryptocurrency and you know what people should be doing this week in the market when they listen to this episode? Oh, for sure. I, um, for one, I might have to disagree with them a little bit. 
Um, I know I, I treat this too, which is which is why I kind of prolonged that and brought that up. It's like they say five percent. Now, to be clear, I have far more than five percent of my portfolio uh, in cryptocurrency, and so I actually do not follow that rule, and I don't think you do either, Griffin. But it's why I wanted to bring it up for discussion. Yeah, I've I've just found that you know, like let's say you know the average person just getting into the market maybe only has five hundred dollars. You know, five percent of that, you know. That's not going to make a difference. You're not even going to get through the door just investing into cryptocurrency. And so, you know, my biggest problem is, is like, you know, so I know, uh, you know, nice uh, long term uh, trading strategy for uh, the stock market is to put three to five percent of your por of your portfolio into each stock or crypto. And so with that being said, I would um, I would use three to five percent per you know cryptocurrency that i'm investing in and that's what i try to do um but uh i guess another uh, you know in regards to my options trading i normally try to get that when my account's large enough or when my uh, one of my new members accounts are large enough to where then they can do three to five percent per trade until they can you know uh really branch out and start getting uh conservative with their options trading um, what are some of the biggest winners that you're predicting as well as some of the biggest, you know, well, I guess we don't have to talk about losers because um, we only focus on winners here. But oh, I love um, I love talking yeah, about losers. This, let's say they have five hundred dollars. Where uh, uh, where losers are fun to talk about, though. Like, yeah. So what's I, that I said I losers are fun to talk about. They okay. are. You are. You're 100 percent right. You yeah. know, the, the only reason I like talking about losers is I can short them. Um, <laughs> That's good. That's a good yeah. reason. Yeah, and which uh, which brings me to you know back to your uh, what you said earlier, uh, talking about how analysts you know really shouldn't have any credibility. Um, no. I feel like just because you know I'm, uh, I was I remember y'all analysts are are right a less percent of the time than weathermen. Think about that. Yeah. Like, there's always the old joke, you know, people always say, oh, I wish I could be a weatherman, you know, so I could be, mm -hmm. you know, wrong 50% of the time and still keep my job. Well, heck, if you like that, go be a financial analyst or or an economist where they sit around and write articles all day about what the economy is going to do. Golly. Yeah, yeah I, don't know. I, uh, I remember the uh, one of the head of uh, one of the head analysts at Chase Bank. Uh, said that Bitcoin was going to reach three hundred billion by the end by this time. At Chase Bank, I hope they fired him. Mm-hmm. And so I, sorry, three hundred thousand. I don't know what I was thinking, but I had, um, you know, I was just looking at that. Even if he's, even if he's at a hundred thousand, it's not going to hit a hundred thousand anytime no. soon. If you look at how much it's grown and how it's just, it's essentially worthless. I mean, it's not like a corporation or anything that has mm -hmm. assets. Solid assets that are backing it, um, it could it could fall back down to dollars a share. I mean, there's nothing really controlling that, but it wow, three hundred grand. That's yeah, that's and ambitious. So what I find what I find pretty cool about cryptocurrency is that it allows people to look at the market cap instead of just the stock price. And so we, you know, when we're looking at Bitcoin uh, being at like around thirty six grand right now, we think that's a pretty high number. But then when you look at the market cap, it, we're at like uh, maybe, you know, a little less than one trillion dollars in market cap. That thing's not going to move that much you know only the, the top five companies right now uh you know have you know a little over a trillion each 
And so we're going to see that, you know, Bitcoin's not going to really move as much as we'd like to. And that's why Ethereum also as well, you know, at half a trillion <coughs> is not going to move as much as we'd like to. Yeah. So is there a cryptocurrency uh, that is going to move uh, the way we like it? Uh, again, you know, for investment tips mm -hmm. for this week, um, you know, can we can we put forward, let's say, one cryptocurrency and one stock that we can recommend to, hey, watch these this week and um you know, th these can be good investments. Um, for for my uh, long-term cryptocurrency, um, for the past few weeks, I've been heavily into helium. Um, helium. Yeah, and so I, you know, back in uh, June, I bought a helium miner, and uh, you know, it's just this nice little tiny box that you put on your windowsill. And, uh, you know, it just sits there and it doesn't, you know, produce heat, doesn't, you know, cost, you know, a lot on your electric bill. And I've gotten over 30 coins just since uh, July when it came in. And so that's given me over $800 in passive income since July. And I'm not even in, uh, you know, places like New York and Miami, they're getting thousands of dollars a month just in passive income by holding one of these helium miners. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, I bought I bought two at the same time. I bought a Bobcat uh, 300 uh, miner and then a rack. Uh, I forgot what the, the numbers were, but the Bobcats are the most reliable. You'll get them, you know, you'll get them the fastest and they produce, you know, very nice amounts. The rack, um, the rack miner, I, it took eight months just to uh, receive the miner and it's, uh, you know, it's having a lot of issues. Um, uh, so when, would, you know, when you say a miner, what, what do you mean by that? Um, so it's a, um, you know, it's just a, a little tiny computer that, uh, I guess, produces algorithms and helps with the flow of the blockchain. Okay. And do you so have it with you right now? Yeah, let me... Uh, yeah, if you want to grab okay. it real quick. Yeah, can we see that? Question. That would be cool to have a visual. Thank you, Good, good, good question, John. Just, right. It's so sketchy. And you know, so, especially now that you have to pay taxes on each individual loan. It's right here. It's just this little tiny box. It's got Bobcat on it. Okay. And so it's got a you know plug-in cord and an antenna right here. Um, I bought uh, you know this is just the standard antenna. Um, depending on you know I guess height and range, you'll buy uh, different types of antennas, um, which I haven't gotten to yet because it's the same cost as a helium miner. So <laughs> it's um I bought my helium miner for. $430. But you said it's made you 800 this year, right? And so since uh, since July, I've made 800. So I've doubled uh, what I've paid. Half a year. Mm -hmm. And all you do is you just plug it in and it makes or mines. Yeah. So um, with each blockchain, um, if you, uh, I guess there's, there's three different things. There's a, a POC, which just, you know, connects to another... Uh, another helium miner and just says hi there's a witness so like when when uh when one of these helium miners uh completes a you know blockchain and they contribute and then another one sees that it's called a witness and then a challenger is where it i guess uh help you know i guess it talks to another helium miner to complete another blockchain a block on the chain this is, this is so, John, did you know this stuff even existed before? Like, I am just, my head is exploding right now. Yeah, I knew about miners, but I didn't know about that. Like, that's just pretty cool. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, 
We, uh, like, I mean, there are people that build these big computers, turn them up, but like, just the, that is so neat. So, so Griffin, if I, I kind of want to wrap up on this real quick. Um, that's a great recommendation on, I know I asked you initially for like, Hey, like what's a good way to get involved in earning crypto? And I did not expect that answer. Um, where, if somebody wanted to get one of these, where do they, like, where do they buy one of these boxes? Um, what is so you, the easiest way is to go onto that Bobcat miner website. Bobcatminer.com um, or something. Yeah. I don't know the website on the top of my head, but it's, um, we'll put it up on the screen. So guys, if y'all are watching this on YouTube, um, check out the screen for the Bobcat miner website. It should yeah. be up there right and now. I'd, I'd be very careful. I've, I know myself personally. I've looked up this Bobcat Miner site and there's there's so many like them that are that are fake and trying to scam you. So you just have to uh, we'll put up the correct website um, and so you should follow that. And then if not, you can buy it on eBay and Amazon for a much heftier price, but you'll get them immediately instead of waiting 20 to 28 weeks because they're in such high demand right now. That might be worth it if it's going to earn the way you says it earns. And uh, now, Griffin, if we were to go on Amazon or eBay and try to locate one of these sets, what are the search terms that somebody would or should key in to find this device? I would say um, just a, a Bobcat Helium Miner, and then it will be the. Okay. Mm -hmm, it'll probably say something like Bobcat uh, Helium Miner. Uh, you know, for two thousand one hundred dollars was the last time I checked on Amazon. What? Jeez, that really is pricey. Yeah, and so you could probably you could probably make more money just selling the helium miners, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, Griffin, like we need to find a tech guy and uh, some some kind of tech that knows how to assemble those, and we ought to, as a show, start marketing and selling those devices. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we can always dream, guys. Thank y'all for being here with us this week. This has been another quick episode of Weekly Wallet Wagers with Griffin Goodman, uh, the banker, coming with us from Colorado. Check us out. Uh, we'll be with you guys later on in the week with another uh, topic or concept. And, uh, of course, you can always check us out online at uh, willsworldchannel.com, uh, Will's World Channel on YouTube. Or check out Griffin Goodman, um, Jonathan Heiler, or me, myself, Will Marsh, on Heiler. Facebook and Instagram. Jonathan What's that? Did we mess Heiler. it up two weeks in a row, John? <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're just messing with you at this point. <laughs> We're, we're going to call you by a different last name every time we say your name. Next week, it'll be Jonathan Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual nickname in elementary school. Ooh, oh, gosh. Hits home. Yeah. Hits home. It's a little I, hard. That, that makes it more fun. Although, it's, it, I don't, I'm not sure it's funny. Can we? Are we allowed on media to say anything is funny with the word Hitler in it? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I feel like we should stay away from that for now. Yeah, that's a good suggestion, Griffin. It's like, if you don't really know, then that's probably a solid answer right there. Yeah. <laughs> they might just want right, to play it out. This is the week of Wagers. We will catch you guys next week. Stay with us.